You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home and Abroad and I am delighted to be sitting with Emma Langford and it's been a while since I had a chat with Emma. Yeah. First of all, Emma, thanks William. No, thank you. And we're here at Talk Alliance International. Um, you have been, uh, you're part of the Culture Ireland Pavilion mm-hmm. where the showcase. Um, great that you're getting Culture Ireland coming along and helping oh. you today. Oh, it's massive. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's, um, it's just great to have that kind of vote of confidence in your work from a body as important as Culture Ireland you know they support artists to tour internationally and yeah that they that they believe in us and what I'm doing that they want to help me do it some more is amazing and I know some of the other artists have mentioned to me how your international counterparts are envious oh really that you have Culture Ireland and they have nothing like oh gosh okay I didn't realise that yeah, yeah I guess that makes sense we've seen a few artists I've been working on the booths inside in the trade fair for Culture Ireland and we've had a few artists come over to us from different backgrounds kind of asking what it is and how it works and all this kind of stuff and a little bit heartbreaking whenever we have to say oh well it's actually you know we're supporting Irish artists to come here and not the other way around it's, yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> bit yeah. gutting um, you your performance last night first of all was fantastic thank you and uh, your music um, is the, the emotion and the um, imagery that you were able to conjure up in your music is also beautiful. Thank you very much. And that you incorporate the Irish language mm. so wonderfully and at times bilingually in, in what you do yeah. uh, indic- indicative of a wonderful depth of culture and appreciation yeah. for well I mean I think the more I've toured internationally the more important that's become to me the more I've realised how important it is to promote that you know I go to other countries and they don't even know we have a national language yeah. a lot of the time or they don't know too much about Ireland outside of knowing about U2 or the Cranberries or whatever so the 17th of March yeah 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 so there's you know there's certain things that I think are really important that we share with the world and let people know about so that's become a big focus for me now I'm glad you mentioned the, can- the cranberries because mm. um, you were asked to perform in a tribute concert yes yeah yeah it's been it's a uh, it's been really lovely. It's been a total privilege ever since the passing of Dolores. Dolores and I would have gone to the same school. She's a few years ahead of me, but we would have gone to the same school. She would have been around Limerick quite a bit. Um, you know, it's hard not to fall into someone's footsteps a little bit. And she also blazed such a trail for women in music and showing people that you can be unapologetically yourself. You don't have to fit any mould as such to be able to make it in the industry. So that was really encouraging to see. But yeah, when she passed, I, I was kind of just on the rise and I was asked to play a few different kind of tributes to her um, which has been lovely uh, that kind of push has fallen away a good bit now and I'm glad of it because I think um, it's a bit like typecasting well yeah there's always a fear that you're expected to, to, to be the next whoever Yes. and if there's anything that I think her legacy represents it's that be the next you you Correct. know she, I don't think there's anyone really that you could say Dolores was the next whoever she was no. completely herself so I think the best way you can honour her memory is to do the same thing uh, you did the introduction of your uh, Kells Bay mm. and a wonderful story uh, about uh, how it's your grandfather's place or down my grand uncle yeah, grand yeah. Uncle down Kells Bay yeah. and what struck me as you were relating that was the multi generational aspect of Irish mm. culture and Irish history yeah. and how important that is mm. in all of us yeah absolutely well I suppose with, when I was writing that song it was partly to pay homage to his community and where he comes from and him but it was also yeah it was that thing of I wanted to capture uh, traditional Irish music in a sort of modern way I suppose you know the way I play isn't 
purist traditional kind of well, style. As I said, some of the others, and um, there's no diddly diddly this week. No, and it's interesting. You know, everyone is. I suppose everyone is honouring our tradition. Everyone is is yeah. finding ways to bring traditional music into what we're doing in our sets and everything, but in a very true to ourselves, authentic way. And I think it's so impressive. You know, I mean, trad music for me it looks like jazz or classical or metal music. The, the skill that goes into playing it is outstanding. But I think the real joy for me is in seeing how people translate their understanding of traditional into the modern and the personal. And that's where we keep tradition alive is when we bring it into our own lives and reform it, I suppose, in a way. So yeah, it's been it's seeing the other acts and how they've done that has been really lovely. And it makes me feel like I have a home. I do belong. You know, I have, I have a, a place in this kind of cultural world. So that's, that's been great. You also in one of your introductions I said that you wrote one of your songs, songs after three weeks of sleeplessness. Yes. You're studying for your master's. Your master. What, what were you studying for? Um, I was studying an MA in community music. Uh, I was doing my thesis on, gosh, which one was it? I, I had to do two or three different kind of small theses as part of this master's. I think this one I was doing was around why music. Yeah. So why do we, you know, why do we gravitate toward music? Why is music therapy a thing? Why is community music important? So I was studying that, getting into like our evolutionary draw to music as a species, and also how we as individuals grew up understanding melody before ever understanding language. So I was really stuck into that and. I was exhausted, mentally exhausted. You know, when you're so tired, you can't sleep. So I was waking up in dreams. I was having dreams where I'd wake up inside the dream and then fall into another dream, and it was just this endless trap. Um, and I never realized how cathartic and therapeutic playing music was for me until, you know, I never realized, I never think about it until those moments where I'll play something or I'll have a musical moment and I'll feel at ease where I haven't in forever. So, so when you talk about music, it's been part of something that is so much part of our nurturing. Mm. In your own case, was music part of your nurture? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I grew up in a house that was full of music all the time. My mum had a musical theatre was a big part of my upbringing. So um, we had the full albums of like the 10-year anniversary of Les Miserables. We had Phantom of the Opera. We had Godspell. Um, then we had like Abba Gold, um, Garth Brooks, Enya, like really eclectic mix. Right. A lot of Beatles. Beatles were a big part of my upbringing as well. Um, so yeah, I think like I, I always communicated creatively. You know, I always found ways to communicate. But music was the thing I gravitated to most as a kid. And were, did you get any sense of concern from your parents when you indicated that you wanted to go in this direction? No, no. I like to say I grew up around soft people in a world full of hard edges. Like my parents are people who are artists themselves. Right. They did their degrees in science and they worked the various jobs and stuff, but. They're artists as well. My mom taught me my first chords on the guitar, and I think they always knew I was—I was always a very good kid. I was, you know, I was a diligent student in primary school, secondary school not so much, but primary school I was good. I was clever. I could do whatever I set my mind to. Right. So they—they they saw that and they knew that whatever I chose to do, I was going to do it well. So. When you decided that you would pursue music as a career, at any stage between then and now. And I use now in the sense that you're here mm. showcasing and representing Ireland in the <laughs> way. Were there any times when you said, I'm 
Toronto Sadness. Oh God, yes, so many times. Uh, 2016, when I wrote, you know, a song that has topped the charts in Ireland and has been my calling card, Bird Song. Um, the day I wrote that song was the day I was about to quit music in 2016, and I've had. It comes in cycles, you know, because it's, it's a tough job, it's a slog, you really have to want to do it if you're going to do it. And honestly, even recently enough, as recent as the past few weeks, I've kind of gone, maybe I should just get a 9 to 5 because it's tough. If you want to buy a house, if you want to move forward in life and do all those lovely things you see your other adult friends doing, realistically, you do kind of have to think about the bottom line. Um, and so there's, there's this constant niggling temptation to just go get a normal job and make music the hobby but I don't think I could stay sane I really don't I don't think I could do it <laughs> I know when we talked to, to Culture Ireland that, uh, that they talked about the government initiative for uh, basic income yeah. for artists yeah. and I know that has been tremendous help to many artists yeah I haven't spoken to too many who have been on the receiving end of it but it, this, it, in theory on paper it sounds fantastic and I think it's the kind of support that would make a difference it's, I mean may, you know to artists like me but people at all levels I suppose it yeah. makes it makes a life as an artist an actual conceivable realistic option right. where in Ireland because those kind of supports are still very new and you know kind of sapling sort of things um, there is still an attitude in Ireland that music is a hobby the other thing is that mu Ireland is so rich mm. in music yeah that um, there are a lot of fish in a small pond. Sure, yeah, and it's kind of taken for granted as a result. But not just to that extent, but because the quality is so high mm. that it's you really have to work. You do, yeah, and there's the thing of having to leave Ireland to succeed as well, you know, yeah. um, that's always sort of been the belief that you can't really, you're going to outgrow yourself before you ever achieve your kind of promise if you stay in Ireland, so there's that thing as well. I have found it a really great, beautiful place to be an artist in terms of finding out who I am and what I want to say and God knows Ireland is constant fodder for finding things to say about the way the world works and you know as, as far as songwriting and folk music as, as activism goes Ireland is a place to be for that um, but no you're right it's it's a it's a teeming like full pond <laughs> like it's yeah it's, it's hard to it's a bubbling cauldron it is it? absolutely it's very very hard to find your own space what you just said is also very interesting because um, when you engage in any type of activism if you do not go and experience other cultures other situations oftentimes your activism is um, in a bubble mm. whereas if you travel yeah. and you see uh, your your activism I think becomes probably richer and more effective because you can in some way balance what uh, you're able to separate the wood from the trees and definitely yeah it's um, I mean it's a it's always a temptation to diminish your problems in comparison with those of others you know to look at Ireland and go oh well we think we have it bad but you know you look at the states and the poverty gap is huge or you know you think we have it bad with you know trans uh, rights and, and gender affirming rights and then you look at other countries you look at Tennessee here and all the kind of changes and laws that are happening are soul crushing 
it doesn't really matter what's happening elsewhere mm -hmm. in that regard of you know the problems are still the problems people are still suffering homelessness is still homelessness mm -hmm. people are still living on the streets and struggling so but you do it's good to have perspective it's good to have a sense of the bigger picture and what kind of solutions are, are being offered elsewhere and how people are dealing with it and I think it's something that a lot of our politicians could do with doing is traveling out out of Ireland and seeing what's happening elsewhere and maybe bringing some of the positive change back home that would be that would make so all the difference so where would you see Emma Langford five years from now or where would you hope to see Emma Langford that's an excellent question I, honestly I don't really have big lofty aspirations and I never have of being um, any more famous or anything than I currently am all I want to do is be able to make music for the rest of my life to be able to tell stories that are meaningful to be able to work with other musicians and create things that are beautiful and help other people to understand their lives and their worlds a little bit better I think that's what we should aspire to do as musicians and if I can still be doing that in five years time and maybe have a bit more financial security I think I'll be happy let's share Kells Bay with the, the listener and uh, where can people find you on the virtual world um, so if folks want to go to my website that's probably the easiest thing so it's www.emmalangfordmusic.com and that links out to all my socials all my music all of that stuff and I just released a new single as well so they'll find links to that there Emma it's been a pleasure likewise thank you, thank you.